The download is complete. Welcome to the AV Podcast, presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. This is Jason Bradbury, and welcome to this week's Home Cinema Podcast. Coming up, we've got the latest AV news, and Phil Hinton reports from Pioneer's 8th generation plasma launch from Italy. This week's, this week's audio-visual news. Sky announced impressive subscription figures, BBC and ITV to launch Freesat, Walmart distribute cheap HD DVD story, HDMI cables go flat, and Sony's PS4 ready in 18 months? We start this week's news with figures released by Sky TV for the first three months of 2007. The niche products Sky Plus and Sky HD have outsold the company's original projections by some very impressive margins. Looking at Sky Plus in closer detail, and in the last three months, the number of households with Sky Plus rose by 199,000 to 2.167 million. This means that 25% of Sky customers now have Sky Plus, beating Sky's official target three years ahead of schedule. What's more, Sky claims that over the next few months, more than 2 million customers will receive its new smart technology, Sky Plus stroke Sky HD update, whereby the Skybox automatically goes into standby mode during the night hours. And the high-definition platform has also exceeded expectations, with almost a quarter of a million customers now enjoying Sky HD, making it Sky's fastest ever-selling additional TV product. The total number of Sky HD customers rose by 60,000 in the three months to the 31st of March, with 17% of recent Sky HD customers being totally new to Sky. It looks like the recent news of Freeview overtaking Sky in total viewers has not dampened the spirits with the company's niche products, proving very popular indeed. But Sky will not have the satellite platform all to itself in the future. The BBC has announced a joint venture with normal arch-rival ITV to launch their own satellite service which will offer both standard definition and HD services for free. Apparently the proposition, currently dubbed Freesat, has received approval from the BBC Trust and is set to launch from spring 2008. Consumers interested in the service will have a choice of equipment, including both standard and high-definition receivers, an HD personal video recorder, and integrated digital TVs, together with a range of installation options. It's not clear how many channels will be offered by Freesat, but both companies are currently in talks with a number of providers on possible channel services. We'll bring you more on this as we get it. Moving on to HD disc news, and the Walmart story we reported last time in the podcast news has had an unusual update in the form of both companies releasing a press release to say no deal has yet been done. You may recall that we reported on Walmart placing a 2 million unit order for a Chinese manufactured HD DVD player, which would sell for only $299. However, from this press release it would appear that any deal is still far from being signed off. It states, We're sorry to correct the statement that we have had a 2 million HD DVD players order from Walmart to be manufactured by China Great Wall Group. The actuality is that we've not received it yet. We were asked to provide the schedule to Walmart and cost to determine the quality. 
It goes on to say, if the cost is good enough and timing is correct, the deal may happen yet. Walmart itself has also issued a statement, carefully distancing itself from the original story. Today we sell both Blu-ray and HD DVD in our stores nationwide. And with all new technologies, we're committed to providing the best value on products that customers choose as most relevant to them. With new industry developments, we will make shifts in our selections as customer preferences evolve and they vote with their purchases. We expect that as prices decrease and new elements are added in the coming months, that customers will choose which format will dominate, and that could happen by the end of this year. It would appear someone let the cat out of the bag a little too early in the negotiation stage, and we wait to hear if this deal will indeed happen. Now, one problem that folks have in their entertainment systems is that of obtrusive cabling spoiling their home decor. With this in mind, Wireworld have patented a completely flat HDMI and DVI brand of cable, which it states will provide better quality and can be easily hidden under carpets or behind skirting boards. The press release states, Since the cable carries very complex data requiring very high bandwidth, it is of vital importance that this data is transferred without degradation. All round HDMI and DVI cables are essentially the same design that has been used in computer cables for decades. This conventional design introduces signal loss, crosstalk and timing errors that limit a cable's ability to keep up with the extreme demands of digital video signals. Wireworld's flat structure eliminates the timing errors caused by the conductor length differentials in round cables. The cable also offers unique composite shields, which are more conductive, yet more compact than the shields in round HDMI and DVI cables. Claimed to be fully compatible with all HDMI versions including V1.3, the range is now available and ranges in price from £30 to £300 for a 1m length. And finally for this week's news is an interesting rumour currently filtering through the online communities. It's been suggested that Sony will release the PlayStation 4 in less than 18 months' time. Yep, that's right, PS4 in less than two years. With such a poor uptake of the rather expensive PS3, the rumours might not be as far-fetched as they seem and would possibly give Sony an opportunity to try and rebrand and reprice its PlayStation 3 console. It would appear that the Sony engineers are currently working on a true media center hub for the home, incorporating the PS3 technology along with advanced video processing and component linking for the ultimate in home media automation and presentation. A Sony source is quoted as saying, we've looked at a home server based on PlayStation technology. This would allow consumers to connect home automation devices to the server while also delivering online gaming and access to an extensive movie and music library. The news follows cryptic comments from departing PlayStation guru Ken Kutaragi, who indicated that he embraced a network vision for PS4 and beyond. So will a PS4 be here sometime in 2009? For up-to-the-minute AV discussion and hardware reviews, visit avforums.com Made by enthusiasts For enthusiasts Wow, a free movie, thanks This is the AV Podcast Among the products which Pioneer are due to launch this year are their 8th generation plasma screens The company feel that the new products are a complete rebirth of their range 
so much so that they chose the eternal city of Rome to launch the products in Europe. The AV Podcast were invited along to witness Pioneer's new vision, and podcast presenter Phil Hinton brings us highlights from a spectacular Italian launch party. The AV Podcast Special Feature. Welcome to the Eternal City of Rome for a very special podcast report on Pioneer's 8th generation product launch. Over 300 European journalists and industry personnel have been flown out to the Italian capital to witness what the company are calling V. The AV Podcast were invited along for this exclusive launch party which was to take place on Tuesday the 8th of May. However, on landing in Rome, Monday afternoon, all the guests were boarded onto coaches and whisked to the Villa Miani, perched high above the city. This historic villa was built in the 18th century and was to be the venue for the gala dinner, which included stunning views of the city at dusk. After being wined and dined, there followed a 10-minute fireworks display that had as many false endings as a Lord of the Rings film. The settings and stunning views were to introduce the assembled media to a new vision. Indeed, the V symbol was present wherever you looked during our stay. So the big day, Tuesday the 8th of May, arrived with all assembled taken to a conference centre which included a pitch black tunnel to walk down before entering the auditorium, as if to add emphasis to what we were about to witness. For enthusiasts, it's sometimes hard to imagine how a company like Pioneer gets its message about its new products to the world at large, and it's certainly interesting to see the detail, expense and logistics that are involved in letting people know that there is something exciting at the end of such a dark tunnel. Indeed, every member of the UK AV and technology press appeared to have been invited along to witness V in the flesh, so there must have been something good to see, right? Well, the morning started with a full press conference, which we will provide as a separate podcast download later in the week. The event included promos for the V for Vision campaign and details on the new screen technology, as well as the future direction of Pioneer as a company, aiming for the high end. Following the press presentation, next up were what the company called the breakout rooms, and this was an opportunity to see the new products up close and personal. The first room was the shop in shop area. It highlighted each of the new products in a shopping environment, which offered a new way to display the goods within retail spaces. This allowed the chance for a closer look at each of the new panels, as well as the Blu-ray player and other components. Plus, how do you fancy some video mixing like a DJ? An interesting demonstration was taking place at the rear of this area on the future of VJ technology. And whilst it was fun to see, I was itching to get to the business end of the breakout areas and see the screens perform with more than just slow-panning, custom-made, high-definition material. Finally, we were given demonstrations which highlighted the new features of the plasma screens. Indeed, the whole buzzword of the day had been black is the new white, and the black performance of these new panels was very impressive. There were a number of chances to see the new screens against previous generations, and the differences were there to be seen. The sharpness and motion of video was vastly improved, with new picture processing and deinterlacing that was impressive to behold. Colours were rich and bold, yet accurate to the eye, and there was little in the way of picture artefacting. 24Hz motion was to be as expected, smooth and at perfect pitch. Other products which caught the eye were the BD LX70 Blu-ray player and the LX01 home system. 
The Blu-ray player had some unique features, such as DNLE technology to act as a network server when connected to your TV and PC, so you could watch video files, look at photographs and play MP3s. The player also had the new sleek piano black finish, yet in audio terms it only decoded Dolby True HD. Indeed, one strange comment was that this machine is likely to be replaced very soon with a new HD bitstream audio output. We can only surmise that constraints in timing are the reason for this not being included from launch. The LX01 home cinema system was described as a complete home entertainment solution. It includes a 250GB hard drive, DVD recorder with digital terrestrial tuner, HDMI with 1080p 24 scaling, a dual drive subwoofer and four distinctive three-dimensionally shaped satellite speakers. A speaker design technology unique to Pioneer. You will notice that there's only four speakers mentioned, and that means that there's no separate centre channel. Instead, the front pair act in phantom mode. Whilst this is more aesthetically pleasing when used with one of Pioneer's panels, I couldn't help but think that the system sounded lost without a more direct and discreet centre image in the soundstage. However, this demo was restrictive, and I may change my mind when I get a chance to play with one of the units in the future. The use of the drivers aimed at room surfaces is certainly interesting and created an expansive soundstage. Once we had completed the breakout areas, it was onto the lawn for dinner in the sunshine and a chance to have a quick chat with some prominent members of the UK AV press. And I started with Barry Fox. So uh, what have you seen today that's impressed you and taken away Rome and all the hospitality and everything else? What did you actually think of what you've seen? Uh, new plasmas are very good uh, some impressive demonstrations uh, we, we, it used to be that uh, washing powder was always sold on whiter than white well we've got the, the, the equivalent now with blacker than black because what Pioneer are pushing is the black I mean, this is the whole thrust of what they're saying is that if you want really black blacks you need a plasma screen um, because if you use LCD screens, then the, they have a backlight, which, unless it's continually switched on and off, does give you a certain graying of the black. So this is, this, is, this is the line from Pioneer, you know, black is good. And what about the new sets? Um, we've, we've seen the deinterlacing, we've seen the, uh, the black levels and so on. We've seen them put up against LCDs, so... Uh, what was your opinion after after seeing that? Well, uh, I don't like these, what they call shootouts, these comparisons, where you get a company like Pioneer that puts their screen up against two other screens, which are unnamed. Yeah. I mean, what we've had today, I think there's been a Philips screen, there's been a Sony screen, but they don't name them. And I just blank out of my mind these demonstrations because you don't know how the rival screens have been set up and one of the things that I've always admired about Philips demonstrations is that if Philips do a comparative shootout demo then they spend a lot of time explaining exactly how the rival screens have been set up and if any of the press want to change any of the adjustments on the rival screens Philips, particularly their engineer Danny Tack 
is always completely open about saying, okay, you do what you want with it. Now, I don't like it when we get situations like today where we've just shown three screens, one is Pioneer, two are other unnamed ones, and you don't know what the settings are. So, as I say, I mentally blank out. I don't take any notice of those demonstrations. Yeah, the Pioneer have done that in the last two uh, trade shows that they've done, uh, and obviously the same, the same types of points have been raised on the forums by people who saw those demonstrations as well. So, just for, for the listeners, the, those screens were set at default, and um, I think I'm in agreement with you, Barry, that I don't think it's a very fair comparison. But having a look at the actual new screens, what do you think? Oh, I think they're terrific. I mean, I, I would love one. I imagine it will be too expensive for me to buy. I'm sure they will be very expensive. But no, Pioneer have proved their point, uh, you know, that plasma can produce terrific pictures. And somebody said to me, here's, here's one of these screens. I would certainly be very happy to take it home and, and, and use it. But... I have to reserve judgment on, until I know the prices because people do not have endless money to spend and, you know, price has to be a consideration. We're lucky as journalists. We get to see this stuff and try this stuff and borrow this stuff. But, uh, you know, Joe Public, man in the street, the real person, you know, they've got to actually... This is real hard money that people spend. So you have to take price into consideration. We've also seen some, some new products from Pioneer, the new line of AV amps and uh, also the, the Blu-ray players. So you've had a look at them. What, what kind of opinions have you, have you drawn from, from what you've seen so far? Black seems to be the new, the new thing. <laughs> yes, black, black is the new white. Yeah, Blu-ray performs wonderfully uh, and I think probably Blu-ray, Blu-ray will win this idiotic standards war that we have um it's just ridiculous that, that we do have a standards battle it, the the industry does have a tendency to shoot itself in the foot personally i i wouldn't buy a player at the moment i would certainly wouldn't buy the dual player that lg have just launched because it doesn't need to be it doesn't doesn't seem to do hd dvd very well and doesn't play cds so i wouldn't buy that and i wouldn't invest in either system at the moment now i know that by saying that i deter people from buying but that's not my problem the problem was created by the industry which has a split standard and i suppose if somebody really wants to get into it i'd say buy a playstation 3 (laughs) because they got a games console and you've got a good Blu-ray player all thrown in there, and I see the price is now down to £400, which means that the street price, really, for a Blu-ray player, now has to be £400, which is which means that uh, Panasonic and, uh, and I'm sure Pioneer just can't compete on price. They've got to sell now on features. Um, I just hope for the sake of people who spend £1,200 on a Blu-ray player that the format survives. Well, there's, there's all kinds of different things. The Blu-ray format um, hasn't even been specified yet. I don't think it gets final specification until June. So, so that adds another, another uh, cat amongst the pigeons there, doesn't it? Well, there's issues about the AACS copy protection system which is still emerging i think that these players can be updated that they'll have to have and yes we're seeing this already with uh, uh, certainly the panasonic player has been updated you have to have a software upgrade uh, it's just really no incentive for people to buy early I, I'm, I'm kind of old-fashioned i i r- rather think that when you buy something it should be 
ready. And when you buy it from the shop and take it home, it should be ready and finished and work. And it shouldn't be, we shouldn't be beta testers for the electronics industry. And that, I'm afraid, the computer industry has treated the world as beta testers. And now, unfortunately, the electronics industry is starting to treat us like beta testers. Um, so I have to say at the moment, I, if I want to watch movies, I, I have a DVD player which up, upscales to 720p, connected by HDMI to a HDTV set. And I tell you what, unless you're sitting very close, you can get some darn good pictures from upscaled DVD. Oh yeah, I mean DVDs. It's not gone. It's not going to be forgotten in a while either, uh, and it's certainly still there. Barry, just to, to round off, one interesting thing from the uh, press conference this morning was uh, Pioneer's new strategy, and that's to go high end and not to sell in volume, but to sell quality product. What did you think of that new new strategy? I think that's a very wise strategy. I think that that you cannot compete unless you're a giant company like Panasonic. You can't compete with Panasonic. So the, the, the market is thinning down. You, you've got Sony, Philips, Panasonic, and those are really the big guys. And they can manufacture in, in immense volumes with huge levels of automation in the factories. Um, and as proved with Sony, they can in some, with Sony with a PS3, they can clearly subsidize the product. Um, you can't compete with that if you're a, if you're a pioneer or, or a small, spe- more specialist manufacturer. And, you know, pioneers, by their own admission, are relatively small compared to these, these giants. So the, the answer is sensible thing. Go, go specialist. Stay small. And you've got, you know, British companies like Meridium and Arcam. Well, you know, they stay small or they compete. They don't have to get in a price-cutting war. So I think Pioneer are probably doing a very sensible thing. Barry, it's great to, to finally meet you in person, and thanks very much for taking the time on the podcast. That's a pleasure. So staying with the press, and I've managed to catch up with uh, Dave Perry here in the sunny room. We're standing in a, a garden at the moment, being served our dinner. Let's take away all the all the good treatment, and let's just focus on what we've actually seen here in Rome. And what's your, your initial op- opinions? Well... Pioneer trying to uh, reposition themselves in the market. They're clearly not going to be uh, doing much at the lower end. They're going to be, uh, position themselves as an aspirational brand, as they say. And it's quite clear from what they presented here that that is exactly what they're going to do. And by doing that, they've got to add value. They've got to add prestige, quality. They've got to present themselves as a mark to be reckoned with. And for the most part, besides the fact that everything is black and glossy which is very much, I suppose, a man thing, um, I do find that they have presented something which is quite compelling uh, for the aspirational market and for people like myself who are very keen for the, the very best of what a product can do, what technology can do. And um, as far as the new plasmas are concerned, the G8s, they certainly have made some marked progress there. Pioneer plasmas since about G4... G6 in particular, have been probably the top of their game in terms of overall quality, transparency. Not so good in the picture processing, um, fairly good overall, but now it seems that they are virtually there at the top of their game and they can compete with anybody. If you think that perhaps Panasonic do the best blacks, then wait to see a G8 because that does the best of everything from what I can see so far. 
Um, great grayscale, great colours, great contrast, great black levels, and the black levels are certainly not at the expense of um, dynamic range or anything like that, which is something perhaps you might find from the likes of a, a cheaper Panasonic model. One of the boasts today was a, a contrast ratio of 20,000 to 1, and usually when we read the spec sheets we would have a little bit of a snigger to ourselves. I think, yeah, right, pull the other one. But actually, having seen the sets, they're not that far off, are they? The contrast level, certainly from, from the, the, the darkest blacks to the, to the whitest white, very impressive. Yes, it is very impressive. It is now looking like a technology which is reminiscent of a good CRT. That's how it's looking. The blacks aren't perfect black. They're not as good as an SED, for instance. Neither is the dynamic range and the smoothness of the image. But then again, SED is more than aspirational because I doubt whether you'd ever be able to get one unless you've got thirty or £40,000 to buy a broadcast monitor when they come out. So for the most part... I think the contrast ratio is generally with Pioneer you can halve what they advertise. I don't know how they actually measure what they get, or anybody else for that matter. I think um, definitely the sequential contrast ratio is um, certainly 5,000 to 1, maybe the top end of 10,000 to 1 in the right conditions. Um, but the ANSI standard, which is probably more important, which is something that uh, uh, plasma technology is not particularly good at because of the way it drives the panel and the amount of power that's required to get a bright white and a deep black over the whole screen. Um, I would say you're probably looking at getting up towards 1,000 now from what I've seen today. Certainly much better than the, uh, the, the G5, G6 models. Black is the new white. That's the phrase that's been going around um, on this trip. So is the black, black the new white? Are the blacks as good as they say? The way they're raving on about them the last 12 months, um, I'm impressed, but I was expecting something along the sort of SED lines and um, it doesn't achieve that but for the most part most people will see the blacks now as pure black unless you've got it in a completely blacked out room with just a pure black screen then you just see the slight glow there but it's hardly anything at all and it's, it's better than most movie theatres it's, it's certainly better than most professional DLP movie theatres in terms of the black level um, and the sequential contrast ratio is certainly much better than cinema. So I think you get everything right, you get the white balanced right, and you're looking at a fantastic image, definitely. Um, another interesting thing is, is the new image processor uh, inside there for the deinterlacing and, and so on. What, what we saw was, it was impressive on what it was up against. It was up against an LCD and um, another generation of plasma. So what did you think from that? Is that something you want to have a closer look at? Yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to test. Um, certainly, they head up against their old older model. Um, I think it was a G5 or a G6, 42-inch, and it was a lot better than that. Um, against the Philips LCD, which has got Pixel Plus processing in it, I think in the case there it's Pixel Plus 2. It certainly beat it in many respects. From what they showed us, was only a limited number of demonstrations. I would say it's excellent processing. The um, detection of 24 frames per second was spot on. I didn't notice any problems there. Um, certainly processing of S-Video, composite, things like that was very good. Not that many people could be using that now. One thing that was probably not going to be something that people would be using very much is the smoothing algorithm, which essentially 
um, detects motion and creates extra frames between film frames to make it smoother. Some people don't like that because film frames are naturally juddery because it's 24 frames per second. And some people won't like it because it's inconsistent. Sometimes it will judder, sometimes it won't. So not quite sure if that's the finished article we saw today or whether that's it. If it is, I don't think many people will be turning that to function on at all. I think the, the thing is, uh, as enthusiasts, which we can take out of this, is that the companies seem to be heading in the right direction. They seem to be taking on board what the end user is saying to them and if they want to set themselves up as a prestige company, they need to be thinking about how the director intended, how the picture processing works, how good the contrast ratio is and how easy it is to calibrate their sets. And it, I think it's encouraging, isn't it, that Pioneer are heading that way? Definitely, because there aren't enough people doing that. Um, most of the brands uh, tout their picture processing and their panels and their colours and everything else, but it's, it's very artificial. They're, they're trying to make the brightest sort of garish picture that will attract attention. Um, they talk a good game, but they don't necessarily deliver it, very rarely in fact. Whereas Pioneer, um, like one of their staff said to me today, that they position themselves perhaps as the, 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 the end model BMWs or something like that. So you, 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 you go into a, at a price range and you deliver something for that price and you do it well and you're known for doing it well. And I think they've achieved that. They're certainly on the right track. Some of these are prototypes we've seen today. They're certainly on the right track. And they're trying to be true to the source. And that's something that's come out today as well. Um, if there's a certain uh, dynamic, if there's a certain colour tone, if there's a certain tempo to the motion... Uh, in, the, in the original capture of a movie or even video for that matter they want to recreate that not mess around with it which is another reason why I suggest that perhaps the cinema smooth mode will be left switched off most of the time We've seen some other products here we've, we've seen Pioneer's new high-end speaker system which, which was rather impressive for just Very a two-channel two system and we've also seen a oh, first look at the Blu-ray player for, for Europe what were your impressions there? Well... <clears throat> It's much of a muchness, isn't it? I mean, it, it's all... With Blu-ray and HD DVD, most people, I suppose, are thinking about content capability. Uh, one's 25 gig or so, and the other one starts at 15, maybe 17 point something in the near future. But in terms of the device itself and how it functions and what it delivers, like I say, much of a muchness. High definition is high definition. As long as they... If you don't have the source material mastered in the best way possible for the format. It doesn't really matter how much capability it's got, people aren't going to like it. And that's come out in some of the earlier Blu-ray discs compared to the HD DVD. So my thoughts on it, I'm fairly agnostic, let's put it that way. So what about the new look black? Because everything we've seen today has been black. It seems to be gone from the 80s where everything was black we've gone silver and chrome and gold and champagne and titanium and all sorts but we've gone back to the high gloss black again with Pioneer here yeah um, for about 10 years now we've had the greys of various sorts and perhaps they're starting to look a bit samey and a bit cheap there's certainly an awful lot of um, plastic greys out there and there's an awful lot of black out there as well I mean Panasonic for instance um, produced sort of a matte black I think the black is good for various reasons. One, they have a slightly glossy finish, but it's not too mirror-like, so it's not going to upset too many people. Secondly, it gives you a sense of um, prestige and depth. And also, in terms of the, uh, the lack of distraction in, in a darkened room when you're watching something, 
and also for a surround bezel for a plasma a perfect black is exactly what you want you don't want a, a garish grey or, or a gold or um, God forbid like LG's gold plated sets which are the most vulgar things you ever like to see in your life I would say that maybe they've if you would excuse me um, considered the wife acceptance factor black is fairly neutral of course in most people's uh, aesthetics and every woman has a little black dress what more can I say? <laughs> Well, wife acceptance factor, it's always something that's talked about on our forums. Um, and, yeah, it does look quite stylish in that black. Anything else from today, just rounding up, um, anything else which you thought, wow, that's impressive? Certainly bring us out to such a grand environment and puts you in the right frame of mind. I'm sure that's not lost on their marketing people. Um, all I can say is that Pioneer are pitching their products right. They're giving us value from what I can see. They're at the top of their game in, in, uh, in many aspects in terms of sonically and uh, visually. And there seem to be, all their departments are singing from the same hymn sheet. There's, there's a lot of integration there, not just the DNLA systems, but just in, in the, the menuing systems um, and the ethos of the whole product range now. You, you could buy into the whole thing. You wouldn't necessarily have to mix and match brands if you're happy with what Pioneer do. Thanks very much for taking the time. Thank you very much. For tomorrow's technology today, you're listening to the AV Podcast. So after the interviews on the lawn, it was then on to the centre of Rome for a guided tour of the old city and a rare private visit to the Vatican Museum. After dinner and the sightseeing, it was on to the hotel for the after party and it was at this point that I managed to catch up with podcast favourite and pioneer product manager for the UK, Jim Cassade. Jim, how are you? I'm fine, thanks uh, Phil, yeah. So, how do you think today's gone then? I think it was really good. No, I thought it was really, really good. I mean, you know, some of it for me was even the first time as well but uh, obviously we've been playing about with the product now for the best part of the last six months, getting it ready for the UK market. We've done picture tuning in the UK with BBC with the Freeview tuner, uh, made sure it's set up perfectly for that. And as you probably saw yourself this morning, it's a really exciting product. Uh, brand new flat panel television, brand new from the ground up. Um, you know, as you heard in the conference this morning, we basically, our head engineer on our plasma side is a guy called uh, Yoichi Sato. And you heard him speak this morning. And he's a very passionate guy. He actually jokingly is regarded in the industry as the godfather of plasma. Or the father of plasma, he politely calls himself. But, uh, and that's because he's been with us with plasma from day one. And this is a brand spanking new product. So brand new from the ground up. Uh, so all seven generations now of product that we've developed. They've taken every attribute, every patent and every core technology we've developed so far. And been given the opportunity with a blank sheet of paper to start from the bottom up to try and optimise and get the product to be absolutely perfect. And as you saw, the black level is unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. Well, that's something I want to come on to because the, the main thrust of today has been black is the new white. That's been the catchword of the day. In fact, we started the day by walking through a pitch black uh, tunnel just to get the emphasis over that we're going to talk about black. All the pioneer reps, uh, all, all the subsidiaries, everybody else, they're all wearing black. Yep. So black's the big thing, isn't it? Well, that's really, uh, they've used the, the term Project Kuro, or K-U-R-O, Kuro, which means black in Japanese. And at the moment, there was some rumour that we might even change the name of this product, and we still might do that. I think, uh, you know, that's yet to be announced. That's why, at the moment, they're using this product working name of Project Kuro. But, you know, 
that's really again part of the reason obviously the black element today and the things that we've described today because the, the difference with uh, flat screen technology is, is that and we've discussed this before in previous podcasts you know to create really good vivid colours you need really good black level and if you crush the blacks which unfortunately other display technologies like our city suffer from that uh, because of the way that they use a backlight once you've crushed the black, you've destroyed the colour palette and you're not going to get true colours. You've got pastel shades. And uh, we want to really produce the, the best display device we can out there. And as you heard today, we don't want to be the biggest. We certainly won't be the cheapest. That's not our target. That's not Pioneer. We're a much smaller company. We've got to do what we're really good at and that is try and make a product that stands out amongst the rest as the best and is a premium product that people want and aspire to owning. And that's really what it's all been about today. And some people might find that a little bit surprising. I mean, you walk into your local Curry's or, or your Comet and you've got Pioneer 6th generation, 7th generation screens in there um, at prices to compete with the likes of Panasonic and so on. Is this the idea, restructure the business, take it away from that, that end of the market? Well, I think you've got to remember that the market obviously is changing. You know, we've, we've been initially working in a market that's been very niche. I mean, the flat panel market only really now in Europe starting to explode into the mass, mass market. And we've already seen that in some other countries. Of course, Japan's been a long way ahead of us with that. But it's really the same as the days of CRT. I mean, you know, back in the CRT days with the cathode ray tube television, there was a whole range of product. You could buy a cheap product you tipped in your trolley with your cornflakes at the end of the life of that product, or you could spend two or three times that amount of money on a Trinitron or a Tau or a competitor's product, um, and you got what you paid for, and people respected that in the product. Now the market is obviously exploding in the way it is. I mean, we often look at it as a triangle, with the base of the triangle, the base of the pyramid being obviously the mass, 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 mass market. And the thing you've got to remember is we are a small company. I mean, the quantity of product that we'll produce a year is probably one-tenth of some of our larger competitors, and maybe even more in some cases. And whilst they're putting all of their energy and resource into making that product cheaper and cheaper and cheaper for the mass market, and we don't knock that, I think it's great. Everybody should be able to afford these technologies and enjoy them in their home. But the difference is it's just like a lot of other things and a lot of other analogies in the market. I mean, you can buy various watches. They all tell the time. But some of us aspire to owning some that have been handcrafted, hand precision made and finished and a lot of detail and work going into that precision piece and we obviously also want to own and be seen to own that product and really that's what Pioneer is saying with these new products today we can't we're not a mass 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 market manufacturer we're a niche brand okay in that early days of the small period of that pyramid of that market we've maintained very good healthy market share from a manufacturer that didn't make TV sets in the first place. So that's been really good for Pioneer, and we've established ourselves as the best in a lot of countries. Fantastic publicity globally for generations now of the product. But the real difference is, is that today, as that market goes much more mass, we can't really compete at that end of the market. And you will see a polarisation where you'll have brands that produce premium products at a quality and a price that people aspire to own, and others that are much more mass market. And that's just natural evolution of any product. You know, so I'm not surprised at all. Um, not at all. Jim, what do you think Pioneer offers um, which other companies maybe cannot compete with? Um, I mean, for myself personally, I've always seen Pioneer as a as a niche brand. Um, I remember back to the days, I think it was 1994, when I bought a, a Pioneer um, rear projection widescreen TV, one of the first on the market, yep. one of the best looking TV sets out there at the time. 
Um, but what is it now that you offer that these other manufacturers don't offer? Because there's loads of 1080p screens out there, there's loads of different scaling attempts and so on. So what is it that you do differently? Well, I think, again, as our, some of our competitors now are trying to produce much, much more quantity, they're obviously putting all their effort into doing that very effectively and efficiently. You know, their, their mass production techniques and what they have to employ to do that mean that they can only really concentrate on that and actually adding value to the product and actually adding money and time and effort into making the product better and better and better is less and less and less of what they're trying to do in the market because they just want to feed all the mouths that are open and hungry out there for the technology. What Pioneer do, and Pioneer have always done, and its name suggests that, is we try and pioneer and push the boundaries of things. We've done it with loads of technologies in the past, and hopefully we'll continue to do that in the future. And that's really what it is with our plasma. You know, you look at a lot of them today, they're injection moulded plastic, they're being rolled off production lines by the million. Uh, we're not. Ours are still metal chassis, it's still a very high quality product using the finest components, the finest phosphors that are available. And as, uh, again, Sato explained this morning, you know, his target with his team was there was no compromise. They wanted to create true black. That was their target they set out to achieve to enable to give us a very pure colour palette and uh, without any compromise. And it just means that our product will be more expensive. But at the end of the day, as, as we've already discussed, you know, there are people out there who want the best. And if you want the best, you're willing to pay for it. Uh, and I, I think Pioneer can succeed with that. We are established as a leader in that market. We've established ourselves as making a really strong, formidable product. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking, really looking for the future with it. I mean, some of the other products we've seen today as well, it's not just about plasma. I mean, I get involved in, as we discussed before, you know, product management and development of product. We've shown today a few new products, including a Blu-ray player, uh, which has got some very nice, unique features with, you know, direct 24 uh, uh, hertz uh, output at 1080p matches perfectly with the way our uh, new ASIC and indeed our previous one six and seven generations of our plasma could handle 24 hertz input as well with 1080p and that's actually what was on the disc Pioneer are really passionate I think you probably picked that up over the last few days you know even down to the Japanese guys that speak very little English I'm sure you've got the impression from them that they're really into this they're not just suits churning out product they're really passionate about what they do and I see that when I'm developing an audio product at Air Studios when I'm developing visual product with the visual engineers um, you know that's what keeps me and we said this before you know that's what keeps me going as well it's my passion and you know belief in the fact they are really trying to do it was almost religious this morning it was almost a, a cult message that and there is that amount of passion in it you know it really is about that uh, and I think Pioneer believe in that I think it will go forward I mean, you saw the Alex one this morning, Alex Zero One, a brand new system. I mean, I actually got involved in that about three years ago with a, a Japanese colleague who's, who's near me at the moment. And, uh, you know, it's, it was really out of uh, frustration over AV receivers and amplifiers in the market. Uh, they're all the same. They're all 420 mil. They've got massive back panels, loads of connections. Um, and to be fair, this product's been born out of that, although it's effectively a complete system. But it's very unique. Uh, you know, when you compare it to other comparable systems in the market, even premium ones, uh, and there are a lot of good premium brands out there doing small, small satellite, big subtype combinations. And we've, I've tried that new product out against all of them. It's very, very strong. And when you consider it's a music server, it's a video server, it's got DLNA connectivity, it's 24 hertz, 1080p switchable compatible, so you can add a Blu-ray player to it. It's got everything in it, detached display, nice big sub, and it sounded great. I'm sure you, you agree. It sounded very impressive today. Again, it's not going to be cheap. That's probably going to retail about £2,000. LCD remote, 
that somebody who wants the complete solution in their living room without a compromise and wants the quality, add that to one of our 42-inch plasmas. That's a lovely package of equipment, and it's going to deliver everything he wants today and quite a bit more for tomorrow as well. Um, and I think we'll see more and more of that from Pioneer. In the product planning meetings that I'm going to, that's what we're really trying to push and it's also part of the process. I mean, you also learned this morning about, you know, probably for your, for your listeners, uh, maybe a bit dull and boring, but we've actually employed a, a new marketing agency that we're using, an American company uh, called TBWA or Chiat Day. Uh, they've been most famous. They changed the Apple brand when Apple went from the, the old coloured, multicoloured Apple to the blue logo they've got today and indeed the iPod. They've been the advertising force behind that creative content for that and uh, we, we've tied in with them now we're going to be using them as we go in towards the season this year um, they believe in a disruptive process in the changing of a company and the way they get the company to go forward uh, and Pioneer are taking that board and I've, I've always been disruptive anyway and <laughs> fairly outspoken and at the product meetings that's what we're challenging now is look let's, let's try and be a little bit cuter about this and do things a little bit differently we're quite unique we do very good audio we manufacture very good speakers we've obviously got the visual side we've actually got all the elements to make the complete solution and there's not really many brands out there that passionate about it that have got all those segments covered they're either using somebody else's panel or you know so we're quite unique in a way Jim it looks like the company's been listening to what the enthusiasts have been saying Um, there's a lot of things that came through today um, from the presentation such as just as the director intended uh, 24 frames per second playback it seems that you guys have actually been listening to what the market want. I mean, we talk. Obviously, we talk to our customers. Um, you know, we, we go out of our way to talk to our customers, whether it be on the blogs and the things that we sat with our website and forums. We do a lot of survey work with our people that have bought our product, where they fill a form in, in a box, and some of your listeners may be maybe members of that, and they actually then can go online and enter information into our database. In fact, you saw some comments this morning that were done on one of the one of the global campaigns, although that was a third party one. And uh, so we really try and keep in tune with that. And again, you know, we showed that in lots of ways. I mean, one of the strongest areas for Pioneer as an example of that is our DJ equipment. And again, they were demonstrating some of that uh, at the event today. Um, and they've worked really closely with some of the best DJs in the world to develop those products. And I think that ethos, we do the same with the audio products. I mean, the, the relationship with Air, I don't think we do enough marketing and enough promotion of. The guys at Air are very passionate about what they do. I've met some fantastic uh, studio engineers who've worked on Bond movie uh, theme scores and Gladiator and things like that. And they're really into it. They're bound to be. It's their passion. It's what they go to work for. And when you're using those guys to develop a product and use their source material as they recorded with a live orchestra at Air Studios, of course they know what it should sound like. And again, that's why we bother to go to Air. And we don't just put the logo on the product. You know, I spend hundreds of hours up there with product, with engineers. Lid off, change, go and have a coffee, disappear for two hours, come back, mod it, change it a bit. Are they happier with it? Of course, you can't compare a £600 or a £1,000 amp with the tens, if not hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of equipment they've got in their studio, and they're not trying to do that. They're not stupid. But on the same term, they do know exactly what it should sound like, and they want to try and emulate that and deliver the best thing they can to the customer. Unfortunately, even the guys at Air, they're they're very passionate about it. They won't put their Air logo on if they're not happy. They really won't. And that includes listeners' competitors' products. If they're not happy, they won't sign it. And we have, I won't tell you which products, but I have had products where we've got to the wire with, look, we've got to produce this. 
Uh, and they said, well, no, sorry, we just want to change this a bit. Can you send it back again? And but, um, then we've introduced the product. So, And we're doing that more and more and more on the film side as well, whether it be, again, uh, even with the likes of Air. I mean, Air involved, obviously, with a lot of sound score to do with movies. Um, but we've always worked really, really closely with, obviously, the likes of THX and all the other uh, big uh, sort of names of people out there to do with that. And as you saw today, some clips of video from uh, you know film directors and people in the industry. Um, we're communicating a lot more with those people to try and make sure, again what they created and wanted to deliver as an experience and again experience is a big part of what we're talking about today you know watching a tv well if you just want a, a telly there's hundreds of those out there what we want to sell is an experience and that's really why they put you know they've put that amount of effort into the product is you should get it as the director intended they want to get the color temperature gamma everything right they want the contrast and the gradation to be as good as it was when he shot it. And you heard the directors this morning talking about how difficult that is. And often, even for them, with the lighting and the way that they do it, to try and create the mood and the atmosphere. And that's really what you should be getting at home. And, of course, the sound's an important part of that as well. So, I mean, the, the picture's only one element of it. The sound then, when done well and done properly, is another huge part to the whole experience. And I think it's going to be very exciting over the next sort of... You know, 12, 18 months, I'm now working on products that we're developing for the next year and the following already. And, uh, you know, we're, I'm very encouraged by the noises, the attitude and the atmosphere to the products that we can look forward to in the future. It won't happen overnight. You know, I think it will take time, but I think we will see some very innovative new products, either cosmetically or indeed in the intuitive way they work with our plasma, whether it's via the graphic user interface or simplified remotes. And again, you heard a lot today about the fact that we want to try and simplify the message. It's all getting very bloody confusing out there. There's so many acronyms. There's so much technical data out there. All this business now with numbers, you know, 1080p versus XGA. I mean, as you saw today in various demonstrations, static resolution is meaningless. It's numbers on a printed page, and it's dots on a printed screen if it was static. But video is not static, so you've got to move it measuring. You've got to, sorry, measure it moving. And, uh, you know, nobody's really doing that. And actually, when you do, as we've demonstrated today, there's a lot of panels out there. They're not very good when you start moving the video across the screen. In fact, they're not even standard definition, let alone eye definition. Um, so no, we're, it's, it's really passionate, it's really exciting, I'm looking forward to the future products and I think once you see these products and we get them out there, I think seeing's believing, I think people will see it and they'll clearly see the difference. Some people will want to pay the extra money and want to own that and experience that in their own. Um, others will aspire to it and uh, may end up having to buy someone else but that was always the market we've always been in and as I say, it's exactly the same if you go and buy a car today. Uh, you know, in a way, we want to be the BMW of your living room. We want to be a quality brand in your living room. We want to offer the service, the support, the brochures, the literature, even the packaging, as they hinted today, even on that new uh, Alex system. That will actually be in a brand new packaged way. It will be a new paper and new quality of content to the uh, instruction book. Um, and we want to sort of escalate that into other products and bring that into more and more of the products we do and add value to the product. So when you get it home, you unbox it and it's a pleasure that you know I've, I've made a really important decision here and i've bought the right thing it's beautifully presented and got the service and backup and support so it's the whole thing really so we're looking at the whole company from top to bottom it's not just really about a new product it's the whole of pioneer really so jim just to whet the appetite of our listeners when can they get the first look at the new g8 plasmas 
We'll uh, we'll actually start now uh, rolling them out. We, we're doing, going to do dealer shows in the UK to our uh, distributors and dealers in the UK. Uh, we start shipping the first XGA products, and when I say XGA, uh, they're stunning. Uh, I put them up many up against many 1080p products on the market, and uh, you, you know what you want to buy as soon as you see it. Uh, so wait until you see it in the store. But uh, no, we'll start shipping the first XGA models, a 42 and a 50, within the next two to three weeks. So hopefully sort of early June, and they'll be in the stores out there. We'll then see uh, the second wave of products late summer, September, October time. And we'll see replacements to the 5000, our 1080p panel. Uh, and we've got actually a 50 and a 60-inch band on the, on the flat end of the market as well. So... Uh, and there'll actually be several steps within the, within the models. We'll have entry-level models, although still at a premium, uh, which will still have three HDMIs, you know, good connectivity. But the step-up model, we bring back the home gallery, uh, which we dropped last year. Uh, we used to do that for our PCMCIA card. This year it goes over to USB input, so literally plug-and-play with your camera or your USB stick to, to look at your pictures. Um, You've seen, obviously, today a lot of products that are featuring those sort of things. And, again, DLNA connectivity and being able to stream from your PC and that type of thing. Uh, so the step-up, as I say, you get, you, you get your uh, home gallery back. You get VGA input on the step-up model, picture-in-picture. Um, so a few added value you know, features to step up in the range. So you get the 4280 entry, then the 428. Then there'll be... Last year, we only had a single 50. This year, there'll be two versions of that as well. There'll be a, five, a 5080 and a 508. And again, same sort of differences between them as the 42. Uh, and then, as I say, two, for the want of a better term, uh, FHD or 1080p models, uh, hopefully out in September time. Similar sort of features and inputs. Um, and, of course, all the other new products. I mean, the Alex system that we've talked about, that won't actually be out again until the end of the year. Uh, in fact, we're still sound tuning that at the moment. It's, as you heard today, it's quite a, a new product using new... Well, it's not new speaker technology, but uh, a speaker technology that Pioneer have adapted and developed to give a very, very good open spatial sound. Uh, we've actually done the first tuning of that in Europe only a few weeks ago, and I'm expecting to do that again in June, and that should be introduced about September October time. Uh, of course, the other thing you saw today was our Blu-ray player, uh, the BDP Alex 70. Um, you'll see in the range this year a lot of the model numbers with the Alex prefect, uh, prefix. Rather. Uh, and Alex actually uh, will sort of denote these premium products at the upper end of the market. So our higher-end receivers will have the Alex prefect, uh, prefix. And uh, the Blu-ray player, the BDP Alex 70, that should be out again within a few weeks. Um, we're encouraged by the reaction we've had in America to the American model, the first one, the BDPH1. Um, obviously, fantastic press in the States. The penny really dropped the technical press over this 24 hertz 1080p processing and the advantage of that on a screen that can handle it. Uh, and although our product, again, wasn't the cheapest by far in the States at $1,500, it's been an enthusiast product and they've really adopted it and the magazines have really got it. And I think the same will happen with the 70. It's quite a strong product. Uh, could, should be quite exciting. The DLNA functionality, I've been playing it with a home and I love it. Uh, the fact you can connect a LAN cable in the back of it, or indeed wireless, although we can't quote that because 
various wireless companies do it in different ways and we haven't tried it with every product out there but I've uh, recently run a LAN cable in my uh, in my house around the house uh, as a lot of people are doing today and uh, you know being able to get at your movie content your picture content your JPEGs and your audio from your PC in your living room the comfort of your living room it's fantastic I, I really love it I think it's a great feature of the product as well as the uh, advanced capabilities of Blu-ray and uh, all the things that holds and so yeah. and one thing we've got to say to the um potential customers of these products is that they all come in a nice glossy black colour. It's nice to see the champagne, titanium, silver finishes disappearing and we're back to good old black again. I think that's really the first step. I mean, obviously, the cosmetic finish is important. It obviously it talks a lot about a product in terms of its quality and uh, what you expect to get from it. And this year, the Alex products that we've mentioned, that Alex prefix, basically all of those will be gloss black. So you're going to see, uh, you know, we'll have one DVD player a little bit later in the year to replace some of the existing models, which will be an Alex finished product cosmetically matching with your plasma and indeed we'll have Alex AV amplifiers and receivers, we've got this new Alex system coming, so you're going to see a sort of a new group of products all complementing and matching each other and then also complementing and matching each other more in terms of connectivity we see a lot more products this year that use HDMI and one of the features of HDMI, some manufacturers have already been using it to be fair uh, and all manufacturers can but there's actually one element of HDMI called CEC or Consumer Electronics Control and that's actually the ability to be able to operate and control products when they're joined together via HDMI um, and be able to turn them all on at once to the correct input uh, to start to record that sort of feature uh, and lots of versions of that and the exciting thing about CEC is actually there is an open element to it that any manufacturer can actually apply their own technology to and use in their own way so we'll probably see a lot more of that I mean for example we've got uh, the media receivers back uh, we're not selling plasmas this year with media receivers I'm not saying we'll never do that again maybe we will maybe in our premium lineup in the future there is a market for a component type television and we may look at that again but obviously, we had a bit of a reaction to the yeah, removal of the media receiver last year, particularly from the custom installers. So this year, we brought back a standalone media receiver. It hasn't got a tuner in it. Uh, it's purely a switch box. Uh, but it's got six HDMI connections on it. It's still got a SCART connector, component connector, S-video connector. Um, the great thing is, using that CEC, if you connect it to one of the new G8s, although you get a remote with it, which is quite basic, with basic input switching on it, and you could, to be fair, use that product with anybody's flat panel television. But you'd have to then operate it in isolation from your telly. So physically switch your inputs. The great thing is with CEC, when you connect it to our GA, the TV remote now operates that separate media receiver. So you actually change from switching the inputs and outputs on your plasma to the connectivity on this media receiver. So that's the great thing about HDMI and this type of connectivity over HDMI. It offers a whole new multitude of ways we can operate and interact with products between each other. Um, And that will be one of the first ones this year. Our recorders also will use CEC control this year. So the type of functionality we talked about with one button record for changing the input and switching it on and that sort of thing. Jim, I think it's my round at the bar. Yeah. Thanks very much for, uh, for joining us on the podcast. That's not something you hear very often. Is it really? <laughs> and, uh, and thanks very much for inviting the, the AV Forums out here. It's no, been, I, I been an experience. Yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. I really do. No. Fantastic. And that rounds up our report from Pioneer's 8th generation launch from Rome. 
It's always hard to get away from the fascination of your surroundings when they're as special as somewhere like Rome. However, Pioneer's build-up and presentations have shown that the company are determined to make sure that their new products become the items of desire for those that are serious about picture quality and attaining an experience from watching their flat panels. And the end products, witnessed over the last two days, certainly fulfil the promises made. It will be interesting times ahead in the next few months when we finally get a chance to see them in more detail. So it's goodbye from Rome, and we will be back with a special podcast roundtable in the next Home Cinema Edition when we come to you from Sirius headquarters in Cambridge and report on the AV Play team's experiences taking the ISF calibration course. So until then, it's a goodbye from me and back to Jason. Thanks, Phil. And that concludes this Home Cinema podcast. Don't forget that we now produce three separate casts and you need to update all your RSS feeds to subscribe to this podcast as well as our movies and games editions. Until next week, this is Jason Bradbury saying thanks for listening, stay subscribed and tell your friends. The AV Podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content including sound clips and music is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.